Welcome to Elvrado in Action. I'm Alex Elvrado. This is a podcast about Mac football and not Mac football. Uh, as per usual, I guess, pretty regularly. Now, Scott, uh, Scott's hanging out with us. Producer Scott, what's going on? Not much, just a little tired. Besides that, feeling good. What time do you usually wake up? Like, it's, it's a Saturday morning right now, but what's a, what's a normal good time for you to wake up? Well, Monday through Friday, I wake up at 5. Mm-hmm. For Korean baseball, because yeah, because you have to put on your suit and tie to watch the Korean baseball. Yeah, put my suit and tie. Usually that involves me still in my underwear, watching Korean baseball. <laughs> That's my suit and tie officially, mm-hmm. and underwear. And then, yeah. then Saturday and Sunday I wake up at like eleven a.m. because I can, and I don't have to wake up that early. So yeah. I sleep in when I can on the weekend. That's fair. I uh, I don't, I don't sleep in. I know that's like really like not a cool thing to do, and I'm, I guess, a cop for it. But even Saturdays and Sundays, I still wake up at the same time I do during the week. I'm not gonna tell you what time it is, but seven days a week, keep it the same because my body likes to disagree with me whenever I sleep in like an hour or two hours longer than usual. And uh, yeah, yeah, I know it's like, yeah, I, I get it. And like, I sometimes if you know, my body wants to, and I'll sleep until, you know, 30 minutes longer than usual, I will, but I can't, I don't go much longer than that, because after that, my whole day's thrown off. I think it's healthier for you to have a consistent schedule than to throw your body. That's what they say. Even, like, outside of, like, your special needs that you need to take care of, like, I think just everybody in general is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, like, I don't know, I, I'm just, I'm glad that we're on the same page about this, because... Uh, as people know, we're both scientists, right? Like, we're both sleep scientists. Yeah, we collect data on sleep, mm-hmm. yeah. as scientists do. Yeah, not like, we don't do, like, huge swaths of data, right? Like, we're not, like, collecting and polling from, like, thousands of people and all that stuff. Like, it's just, data is just between us, right? Like, we know our sleep patterns, and that's all the science we really need. Because, like, if we collect right. any more science, like, we're not going to, like, go out of our way to help other people. Yeah, you don't want to water down the results either. You know? mm-hmm. No. Speaking of water down results, this is what a Mac football podcast lo- sounds like in like late May, almost early June. Yes. We're getting there. Uh, speaking of getting there, Buffalo did finish up its uh, its coaching staff finally. Got all those guys. I think they're all formally introduced. Maybe like one or two still holding out, but for the most part, they're all sharing their uh their new jobs on the twitters and stuff so it's about as official as we need it to be uh i'll run down the list if you want to read more of like the resumes and stuff uh, check the patreon page you know for three dollars a month you can get uh lengthy lengthy episode notes that have detailed information like the resumes of all 10 of these new assistants over at buffalo plus malinquist but yeah i mean you know the coordinators joe cawthon shane montgomery mike daniels Dallas Baker, receiver coach, DeAndre Thompson, young guy, cornerback coach, uh, Chris White, kind of a name I I told about. One guy that's interesting to me of the new guys that we didn't hit on previously, though, is uh, safeties coach Rod Ojong. No, no, no. Let me back that up. Cedric Douglas, actually. That's the guy I'm thinking of. The defensive line coach, run game coordinator, too. Uh, He didn't really – he's been in coaching for the better part of the last decade, but never really cracked the FBS ranks as a full-time positions coach. 
uh, in 2012. He's a he's a Northern Michigan grad, and he's from Milan, which to people that might be listening to this podcast in New York or people in Ohio listening to this, that doesn't really mean anything. But Scott, you and I kind of know about Milan. It's not like the biggest like you know high school that produces a crap ton of D1 talent, but it does produce some athletes here and there. Uh, some that break through, that some don't. But it's generally pretty proud of its athletics, that community is. And he also, in 2012, he coached at Ipsy Lincoln High School, pretty close to uh, another college that you and I both know very well. Uh, and then, even then, like after that, he went into the NAIA mm-hmm. ranks, went to two different junior colleges, and then after that, he was at Arkansas State uh, in 2017 and 2018, as a GA, and then spent the last two seasons coaching the defensive line for UMass, and then Buffalo swiped him away. So it's, you know, it's interesting because I don't see guys like, you know, you do see guys that do go the GA route, that do go the NAIA route, that do go, you know, JUCO for a little bit, even in their coaching careers, to try to land themselves into the FBS ranks. But this guy, it looked like he just like kind of like marinated in that system too. I, don't know, I, I, I just I just think it's interesting that like you see guys that like you know come through that like bottom tier and know it so well you know not just for like the recruiting purposes like you know you got to know how to identify talent if you're sticking around at that level for so long you know to know what's good and what's bad or like how to make make the most out of bad situations right that should be helpful for him um, but it's kind of nice to see him go through all that and then finally end up at Buffalo. You know, maybe he can latch on and be a guy that if Linquist, you know, if this hire works out for him and he catches fire and ends up at a P5 job in three or four years, something like that, maybe Douglas can stick around, be at the hip and move on up with him. And it'd be an incredible story for him to end up, you know, at a Texas, a Texas A&M, a Baylor, something like that after being at these, these schools for so long. So, really interesting to see how that pans out. But, you know, good to see him. You know, it took him freaking almost 10 years just to get to Buffalo. You know, that's 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 pretty crazy. It's a long, long, long strike for him to really land at an FBS program. And, yes, I know UMass is FBS, but no, not, not really. Not in my mind. But, yeah, uh, check out the Patreon if you want to know more information about these coaches in here. Um, I got to get, like, Rachel Lindsay on the program. Uh Scott, I don't, you probably don't know Rachel, though. She's just actually a, a Buffalo News beat writer, covers Buffalo and other area sports. I've had her on a few other shows, too. She's really, really nice. And actually talked to me in one of my classes, like me as a classmate, right? But talked to my class once when I was still at Eastern, too. Oh, cool. Yeah, small world. Um, Can we talk about this one coach, though, real quick? Yeah. Why not? So Dallas Baker, you have him as... The touchdown maker. Yeah, that was like what one of the radio guys called him. So, fun fact, he was on the 2007 BCS National Championship team with Tim Tebow, our favorite. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, our, our favorite. Funny. We, kept playing the, we kept playing the 30 minutes for the rest of your life speech <laughs> this morning. So, I thought it was pretty cool. I just wanted to somehow get Tim Tebow into the podcast. And this was the easiest way to do it without just blatantly saying i love tim tebow and okay but so tim tebow did 
write his own lyrics for the 30 minutes of the rest for the rest of your life right like that's i think so he seems a real like we, we know, seems like he did it himself we did like five minutes of research spot? you think he like beforehand was like all right this is my speech like i'm gonna i'm gonna get the guys together i'm gonna lay it out for him i'm gonna be really intense you think he did all that or you think it was on the spot he did say it four times so like he committed to it uh, so maybe that, like, if he would have said it only, like, once or twice and, like, realized how dumb he sounded, um, and stopped after that, then maybe I'd be like, yeah, yeah, he definitely just thought of it on the spot and just, like, heard himself say it a couple times and said, nope, not doing that again. Uh, but <laughs> the way the speech went, and he was just so committed to reminding the guys that we have 30 minutes for the rest of our lives... I don't know. It does yeah. sound like he rehearsed it a little bit. Like, ran it by, like, one person. And that one person that he ran it by didn't have the courage to be like, ah, Tim, just don't. Just don't do this, man. Well, like, yeah, I mean, because it was probably, like, some student athletic trainer or something. I mean, like anybody. That. It could be his dad, <laughs> you know. Could have been his dad, yeah. Just someone, someone that like... wouldn't push back or... Oh, yeah. I think Tebow surrounded himself with yes, man. Yes, man, early in his life. Definitely, like, whatever Tebow wanted, Tebow got. Yeah, I just wanted to bring that up real quick because Tebow's the man. Go Jags. Uh, speaking of Go Jags, you can talk about the Jags and whatever else you want in the Discord. Uh, head over to MacFootballBlog.com, check up one of the tabs. Uh, yeah, and, you know, the Discord's for everyone to join, especially if you're a Mac fan. Like, this guy named Mac fan who joined and asked, I got a question for you, Alex. How do you think Jason Candle or Tim Lester would do with EMU's roster? Man, I, I like I sat on this when I when I read it. I was like, uh, I don't know, I guess Candle right away, but doesn't doesn't matter because no matter who Eastern hires, if it were like Jason Candle or Tim Lester, they'd still be at Eastern and they'd still have a lot of the same problems that Chris Creighton for all the good work he's done, you know, would still face. And all the the good stuff about coaching at Toledo or coaching at Western, recruiting to Toledo, recruiting to Western, you're not going to have those same privileges at Eastern, right? Like Jason Candle at Toledo got recently like a quarterback coach down in Florida from Plant High School in Tampa where he won like a bunch of state championships, was the head coach for Philip Ely, a former quarterback at Toledo, uh, who started out his career at Alabama. Also got Tucker Gleason, who's on the roster right now. You know, is a good pipeline to get more talent from Tampa. Really necessary to potentially keep running the... Well, I shouldn't say keep, but you know what I mean. Get enough talent at Toledo to run the table. You're not going to have that same sort of coaching hire to have that same sort of pipeline at Eastern. Or at least not as easily. I think Toledo and Western and, you know, those coaches that lead those teams do a good job of planning to recruit in the Midwest and hopefully in this theoretical world, if either of those guys were at Eastern, they'd probably still do about the same job. You know, they'd still get interest from the guys at Detroit, in Detroit, in Chicago, in certain areas of Ohio. But I don't think they'd have the same hit rate either. I still think that those same guys that they'd be going after still might prefer an institution like, Toledo or just not Eastern in general. I don't know what the, you know, these made up kids, uh, what their intentions are. But if either of these guys could just straight up just coach 
Eastern's roster for a 2021 season and just run through that fake little simulation. I like the way Candle has been able to like have offenses that fit the skill sets of his offensive players more than the way I've liked Tim Lester's teams played their football games. You know, like Tim Lester seems like he runs his teams like very manufactured, very, very by the spreadsheet. Uh, Candle likes to let it ride a little bit more, lets more of the play, likes more of the big play uh, abilities, likes to throw it more through the air, and get his running backs more involved in the pass game too. And I think that Candle's had a lot that he's had to change up. Like after the 2017 championship run, he had, you know, awesome receivers that could catch downfield, had a diverse defense, had a quarterback that could launch it. But by the time that Logan Woodside left and Mitch Guadagni was the quarterback to lead the team over the last, you know, the next couple of years, he couldn't run those same plays. He couldn't run those same pass plays from a different quarterback to different receivers. Uh, So they kind of had to change the way the offense looked. So that kind of explains why Toledo didn't play as well as it probably should have, you know, after it won the Mac in 2017. But I still think Candles, I, I think he still has a really good idea of, you know, how to get a talented and skilled offense on the field and how to get the most out of his very talented players. Um, but Mac fan does disagree with me. He says that Candle is a, is a, is a B word. I'm not going to say which B word it is. It's only three letters. Scott, what do you think? Like, do you think Lester or Candle would be a better fit at Eastern if they had to coach in 2021? I say Candle. I agree with Mac. Oh, he, he doesn't like Candle. Oh, hold on. Let me back it up. I only I read the one part, and that was stuck in my head, where he said uh, Lester's headed easy at Western, and he's not doing it. So let me back it up a second. So I think Candle will do better, but I also agree with his point of that he could do better at Western. Yeah. You know, Wait, maybe I'm reading it wrong. I'm reading everything wrong. Forget it. So <laughs> I don't know if I agree with Mac Fan at all. That. So I'm going to take it back and just say I think Canada would do better. And that's the statement. Yeah. At the end of the day, like, if Eastern had an equal opportunity to have either one of those guys, like, lead the team this year, for, you know, for whatever reason, I think they, like, I don't know, like, there's not much of a difference at the end of the day when it comes to like the overall record like I still think like your potential for you know each of these guys bringing in six wins or the potential for each of these guys bringing in eight wins uh, still would be relatively the same all things considered I think like the thing about like Western and Toledo is just like they simply just have more talent than everyone else like than the rest of the Mac field and they're really good about utilizing those talents. Not everyone can match that. Creighton's done a really good job of shortening the game up because when you're leading a team with not as much talent as the rest of the field, you have to shorten the game up a little bit more. You can't throw it up all the time. And so Creighton's done a good job of of uh, shortening things up, but I don't know if he could, you know, if he were in charge of Toledo, if he were in charge of Western, I don't know what that would look like either, you know? I don't want to look at this like, oh, how good do I think Lester and Candle are through the lens of, mm, what would they look like at Eastern? 
and not do the same as, hey, what would Creighton even look like at a Western? Or, hey, what would Creighton even look like at a Toledo? Uh, Scott, you have a topic to end on? I do have a topic to end on. So I'm sure everyone's now familiar with Big Game Boomer. <laughs> Awful Twitter account. Who has been added know. to uh, the roster of muted accounts by me. Yes, so they only have like 10,000 followers, but for some reason they decided they're going to be experts on college football student section. Dude, like so they're they pumping out, out so oh, much more journalism than The Athletic these days. True, they're, they're really involved. They do have a lot of stuff. They're just like, before we get into it, it seems it really seems like like everything they do, they, I don't know, like this best Mexican restaurant in every Power 5 college town. Like, they probably just went to Google and typed in Mexican restaurants in Boulder, Colorado. And like the first result is their, their decision of what the best one. Yeah, these all remind me of like the Reddit posts that we would like read and share around from like 2012. Oh, yeah. So everything just comes like, back around into style. It just looks differently. Oh, yeah. Because some of these are chains, and it's like, they're probably not the... <laughs> well, I, I mean, I told you, you the, like, the Mexican restaurant one. <laughs> I know, the best yeah. one, because Alabama's was Taco Bell. That's what Bell. I'm looking at, yeah. I know. And, like, Clemson is Moe's Southwest Grill. Like, clearly... So, that's my, my main beef with this, is clearly they went over their heads with all these maps and lists and everything. They're just like, oh, shit, we did, like... Two of them, and now we got to keep pumping out this great content we have. So we need to we need to figure out the best way to do this. So it's just this one guy by himself, and he's like doing everything he can, and he just Google's what he can, and then puts. Well, yeah, I mean, none of the editorial staff's gonna help him out. That's true. (laughs) He's by himself. So, so anyways, back to the main topic. We have the they did a P five best and worst college student section. And everyone was really upset with that list. Right. So now they decided to do a G5, thinking no one will actually care about it, which they're half true. But it really seems like they Googled worst FBS programs and best FBS programs, and then just threw (laughs) the list together based on that. Because I really doubt Big Game Boomer has been going to, like, the Rice football games or the Army football games and all that and really taking detailed notes figuring out what he wants. So my main thing, again, I wanted to talk about was the Mac were student sections and if you agreed with it or didn't agree with it. Okay. So the number one, we'll start with the least liked Mac student section. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. There's six Mac student sections in the bottom 20. And number six is Bowling Green. That's like 15th for like... 15th from the worst? Yeah, they're the 15th worst students. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, they deserve it. And then Central. Uh, too high, but yeah. I, I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Then we have Akron. Who am I to argue with this list, by the way? Like, what are, what are they going... Like, what is their, like, journalistic standard is my only question with every post from Big Game Boomer. Like, are they getting, like... A decibel reading of like the loudness factor from these stadiums in like the year of 2020. I don't know. I mean, it could be a combination of things. It could also be the best and worst Mexican food in the restaurant. That's true. And that's what this list is actually based upon. It's not. We don't know the criteria at all. It could be anything. Okay. So 
The next one is Buffalo. Damn, man. Buffalo fans. I mean, I've it. never been to a Buffalo game, but I think Buffalo would not be the third worst next to Yeah. Like, if I'm being serious for a second, I don't, I don't think that they're the third worst, but I mean, hey, you know, if Big Game Boomer says that Buffalo's the third That's worst it. student section in the MAC, I gotta, you know, gotta take them for the word. Yeah, I agree. Number two worst is Kent State. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then number one is Eastern Michigan. Also, definitely. Hey, wait a minute. I got I got tricked. Luckily, Eastern is number two as the overall worst, and Rice is number one. Rice is a nerd school. So, like, yeah. that makes sense. But they did get Sam McGuffey. They did. The white running back who famously jumped over a guy while he was playing at... Was he from Katy? I think he was from... Or Heritage? Um, Corpus Christi. Oh, uh, that sounds right. So, yeah, Eastern is the worst student section. That's fine. That's fine. Do better. I don't, I don't even know like what the average attendance is for each student. Like, what's the? Let's see. According to this list, is there even? Oh, Toledo looks like the best Mac school. I think I'd agree with that. I think it's the other way around. I think. What? I'm looking at your list. Well, not your list. Big Bang Boomers list. Yeah. I think it's. I think it's going in the other order. Like number one is the best. Yeah, well, I'm, I was saying Toledo's the number one max. Oh shit, it is the only one. Wait a minute, it's the only one hold on. in the okay, top twenty. Hold on. All right, but all right. So you're right. So number nineteen on the best side is Toledo, right? Now let's look at yeah. some tangentially related schools here. UMass is at ten. Marshall's yeah. at eight. <laughs> Stop. Cincinnati's at UMass four. Is at 10. <laughs> UMass is at ten. Stop. <laughs> That should not have happened. That's crazy. There's no way. And why is Army and Navy on here? Like it's forced attendance. Yeah, I'm that's just bullshit. Like, that out here. No, that's dumb. Get them subsidized out of here. Yeah. UCF though, uh, yeah, that de- that definitely deserves to be there. Number two, that, that makes sure. sense. I mean, I saw them on TV. Well, I'm confused why Army's at 16 and Navy's at number one. They're so similar. Why is maybe like 15 spots better? Well, Big Game Boomers' journalistic integrity is uh, is uh, it's decided by its political preferences. This is, this is all. There's a political agenda behind this list. Is that what you're saying? Hey, man, I've de- listen, listen, listen. Yes, that's it. Oh, so, I don't yeah, know. Yes, I think this list is terrible. It's crazy that BYU isn't on here one way or another. I th- they might have been on the Power Five. All right, we got. I'm looking that up very quickly. No, they're not. They're not on there. On that either. Oh my god, this is terrible. This list is also terrible. Ooh, Alabama. Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe have some better Mexican food. You won't be in the worst student section. All right, Scott. Well, thank you for bringing uh, the journalism here to this podcast. Didn't realize that you'd be the one to do that, but I appreciate you for That's it. That's what I do. Yep. And thank you for listening to the show. You know, it was only, you know, after I edit this thing, 26 minutes for the rest of your life. So thank you for tuning in. Uh, we will check back in with you. On, oh, you know what? I actually have a topic. But you know what? We're going we're gonna to get to that next time. We're going to get to it next time because we're out of time. Next episode, we'll get to the week twos and week threes of non-conference play. Today, we're just simply out of time because uh, because Big Game Boomer needs to start a sub stack. <laughs>